0: All right. Hello friends. Glad to be with you. I want to say also welcome to those that engage with us online. We're glad you are with us as well. Let's grab our scriptures however we do that and let's turn together to the gospel of Matthew chapter 13. That's where we'll be together this morning. And if and if I'm honest with you, I feel about this passage how I feel about getting the oil changed in my car. If you're like me, I keep putting that off and off and off and off until just absolutely necessary. And I'll be honest, that's how I feel about this passage. I wish I could put it off and off and off and off. But if you've been around Trinity Bible, you know that we don't shy away from hard passages. And friends, today we have a hard passage because of a truth in this text that Jesus shares with us and I'm excited a bit nervous but we'll get to that truth in just a little bit but let's begin Matthew chapter 13 beginning with verse 47 and again this is Jesus and his ragtag band of disciples they're sitting together likely in a home the crowds are gone and Jesus is in this intimate setting with his followers His disciples and he says in verse 47 again the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet that was cast into the sea and gathered fish of every kind and when it was filled they pulled it up on the beach and they sat down and gathered the good fish into containers but the bad they threw away so it would be at the end of the age the angels will come forth and remove the wicked from among the righteous and they will throw them into the furnace of fire In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all these things? And they said to Jesus, yes. Let's pray together. Our great God and loving Father, we want to say thank you that we've had this moment together to to worship, to sing your word. We thank you for that moment to come together and just declare how great you are. And so now, Father, as we gather around your word, your very word to us, I'm begging you that you would send your Holy Spirit to open our eyes and open our hearts to receive the word that you have for us this morning. And so we pray and plead and beg for you to do that so that we can become more and more like your son, Jesus Christ, in whose great name we pray and everybody said, amen. For the last five weeks, Pastor Sherman and I have been in a teaching series that we've titled, The Kingdom of Heaven is Like," And to reveal the secrets of the kingdom, the scripture says, to reveal those secrets, these mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, Jesus used these unique illustrations to help the crowd and help his followers understand and know that the kingdom has come. And so he says, the kingdom has come. And he says, there will be some like good soil and they will receive the kingdom. But there will be some soil, some that, like, like bad soil that will receive it, but it will reject it. We also saw how Jesus said, the kingdom has come. And it's like a, a field that, that grows both weeds and wheat and how they coexist together. And Jesus says, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. We also looked, and, and Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like, it's, it, it's, it's like this small seed. And even though it starts small, it will spread and grow like leaven and infiltrate all of society. And last week, Pastor Sherm helped us to understand that the kingdom has come, and it is more valuable than anything else on this planet, and that we should with joy pursue it. And then in this parable, this last parable, Jesus says to his disciples, the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet that was cast into the sea. Now, Jesus is speaking the language of the disciples. He's talking about fishing. And for some of you, if we were to speak about food, we would be speaking your language, right? I mean, someone talks about food and you start getting hungry. You start thinking about what you're going to cook on the grill, what you're going to put in the oven. You start thinking about brunch or lunch because we're speaking your language. For some of you, we start talking about outdoor activities like hiking or fishing. We're speaking your language. And so we, we get your attention. And for our students, our teenagers, we talk about sports, whether it's baseball, track, football, tennis. We're speaking your language. And, and all of a sudden you're interested, you're engaged. Well, Jesus is speaking the language of the disciples. He's talking about fishing. Four of them, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, we know they, their occupation was fishing. It was their job. And two, the disciples, much of the ministry that they witnessed Jesus do took place in a city just on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. And the Sea of Galilee was this source of fish for, for neighboring cities and villages. And so when Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet, man, he's got the disciples' interest because he's speaking their language. And there was different ways to fish. Some would fish with a spear. That sounds really fun, but hard. Some people would fish during this time, like with a single line, like many of us fish today. But in this parable, Jesus speaks of what's called a dragnet. And I've got a dragnet. This is an actual dragnet. And I'm gonna ask one of our deacons, Brian, to come on up here and have him grab this, this end here and kind of stretch across the stage. But this is, this is a dragnet. Now, during Jesus' day, this dragnet would have probably been quite a bit longer. But if you'll notice on the bottom of a dragnet, there are weights, sinkers. And if you notice on the top, there are these corks, these flotation devices. And so if we were fishermen in the first century, I would get in my boat and I would put this net in my boat and, and Brian would get in his boat and he would put the net in his boat and we would go out to sea. And then we would turn around and we would begin to drop the net into the sea. And because of the weights, the net, the dragnet, goes to the bottom, the very bottom of the sea. And with these flotation devices, it stays on top of the water. And if you'll see, it makes a barrier. It makes a wall from the bottom of the sea to the top of the waves and so we're in our boats and as we begin to make our way back to the shore we we go back and then we try to like we start making kind of a circle we start trying to meet in the middle and as we do we catch fish in our net but a drag net is basically a wall in the water to gather fish can y'all thank my friend you're a great net holder thank you I think we both did really well there but this is what Jesus said, he's speaking their language and, and he says to them that, that, that the kingdom of heaven is like, it's like this dragnet. And look at verses 47 and 48 with me. Notice though, what happens. It says, they cast it in the sea and it gathered fish. This is important, it gathered fish of every kind. And when it was filled, the fishermen they would pull it up on the beach and they, would sat, they sat down and they gathered good fish into containers, but the bad they threw away. Now, this was a very common experience for the disciples, especially those who were fishermen. I mean, they knew exactly what Jesus was talking about. You take the net, you cast the net out, you bring it in, and you gather, and in it, there are all kinds of fish. And so in this catch, you see there's all kinds of fish. There is diversity, but there's also, you notice, there's two containers needed, there's one for good fish, and there's one for bad fish. We would maybe call it like trash fish. You know, some fish, they're just, they have all these bones in them. They're not worth really eating. And so as Jesus is unpacking this and sharing this parable. he's speaking their language. This is ordinary. They understand exactly, exactly what Jesus is saying. He's speaking their, their language now, I want us to remember as we think about this story and this parable, this is exactly what it is. It's a parable. And as we've gone through this series, we've talked about how parables, what Jesus would do, he, he would take an everyday occurrence, an everyday reality, something like fishing that, that they knew about. And he would take something like this and he would tell a story with it in order to convey a truth. And so what is the truth that Jesus is trying to convey in this parable? Well, Jesus tells us in verse 49, so it will be at the end of the age, the angels will come forth and remove the wicked from among the righteous and they will throw them into the furnace of fire and in that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So the truth I believe Jesus is trying to convey with this parable is that the true church, the true church will not be formed until the end of the age. And so here's what I want to do over the next few moments we have together. I want us to look at three observations. I want us to look at three observations, two responses. And I want to finish with one question. And so the first observation I want you to see in verse 47, it says that there's a casting out, there's a casting out of the net into the sea. You see it in verse 47. They cast it out into the sea. Jesus later on in this very gospel says this, This gospel, this is Matthew chapter 24, verse 14. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. You see this casting out that we see in this parable is an invitation to the world to respond to Jesus Christ. Jesus says it's the gospel of the kingdom. It's a good news about this kingdom. And it's being cast out like a dragnet. And when it's been casted out to all the nations and then the end will come. Now I know for many of us, many of us in our country, with all the chaos, confusion, division, and hatred, I know for many of us, we feel like the end is just around the corner. But Jesus tells us in this statement, That the end comes after the gospel that has been cast to all the nations. And here's, I want to share with you this. There are over 7,000 unreached people groups on this planet. People who've never heard the name of Jesus. And of those 7,000 groups of people, there are billions who've not heard about Jesus and so even though here in the United States, in Parker County, we feel like because of all the chaos that's happening and coming down on us, we feel like the in, end of the world is just around the corner, but, but there's work to be done. And when the gospel net is cast out to all the nations, Jesus says, then the end will come. But it's an invitation. This casting out is an invitation to respond. And so here's a question maybe, maybe around the dinner table or maybe in the car on the way home today, or maybe in your adult Bible study or connects group or your men's group or at home with your spouse, is how can we be about casting the gospel of the kingdom in our home, in our neighborhood, in our schools, in our county, Let us get creative to see how we can cast the gospel of the kingdom to our neighbors, our family members, our classmates, and our relatives. So how can we get creative in casting out the gospel of Jesus Christ? I would love to see our students get so passionate about this that they're telling their classmates. I'd love to see neighborhoods where we have church members coming together to throw block parties or prayer gatherings for the lost people in their neighborhood. So how can you, how can I, be a part of casting, casting the gospel out? That's the first observation. A second Observation is there 's a gathering in in verse 47 it says the net is cast and it 's gathered and in it, it gathers fish of every kind. See there is diversity in the kingdom of heaven there is no. I said it a few weeks ago i 'll say it again today there is no place for racism. The kingdom of heaven is a multicultural family, and one of john's One of Jesus' disciples, John, reminds us, and I want to share this verse with you again. John, in Revelation chapter 7, beginning of verse 9, says this. After these things, I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could count, from every nation, say nation, nation. and all tribes, please say tribes, Tribes. peoples, peoples, and languages, standing before the throne, before the Lamb, clothed in white robes and palm branches were in their hands and they cried out with a loud voice saying, and I want you to say this part of the verse with me, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And so there is a gathering of all kinds of fish, all kinds of people, and one day we'll stand before King Jesus and together we will sing this song, the song that salvation belongs to our King Jesus. There is no place for racism in the kingdom of heaven. But I want you to see this also. That in the gathering, the net has been cast and it's being gathered. There's fish of every kind. But notice there's good fish and there's bad fish. There's the righteous and the wicked. The true believer... And the assumed believer, it's a mixed bag. And so the last observation we see in this parable is there is a removing from, and you see this in verse 49. Jesus says, remove, and it's not your job and it's not my job to remove. This is God's priority. And in this parable, it says his angels are the ones that are removing. And it says they remove from the wicked, They remove the wicked from among the righteous, and they will throw them into the furnace of fire. And in that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So the net goes out, the net is brought in, there's good fish, and good fish is placed in the container, the basket, And the bad fish are put in likely, the the fishermen will put them in another container and this container would eventually, this basket would eventually be removed and would have been thrown away. And so there is a removal. And when I think about this, I think of another story that Jesus told in the Gospel of Luke. Jesus tells a story of a rich man who had rich clothes and a rich house and all kinds of money. And at his gate, There was a poor man named Lazarus. And Lazarus was so poor and so down and so out that Jesus tells that the animals would come and like lick on his wounds. And then the rich man dies and Lazarus dies. And Jesus tells a story that the rich man goes to hell. And that Lazarus, the poor man, goes to heaven and he's there with Abraham. And the rich man in hell, in his agony begs says abraham would you please just, just let me just just dip dip your finger in some water and, and and let me have a drink so i can quench the agony that i'm that i'm feeling in this fire and abraham says this abraham says remember rich man you had all the blessings that life had to offer you and lazarus the poor man had nothing But now, Lazarus is here, and you are there. And then, what I think is arguably one of the most challenging, sad, terrifying verses in the Bible is next. And Abraham says this to the rich man in Luke 16, verse 26. He says, besides all this, Between us, Abraham says. So Abraham says, between me and Lazarus and you, rich man, a great chasm has been set. A great chasm has been set. And he goes on and he says, and this is terrifying, so that those who want to go over from here to you will not be able and nor will any people cross over from there to us there is a great chasm between the bad fish and the good fish. And even if the good fish wanted to go back to the bad fish, and even if the the bad fish wanted to go to the good fish, after that moment, after that separation, there is a great chasm that no one can connect. And Jesus tells this parable. And I believe these are observations for all of us to consider. But I think there's also... I think there's a two responses that are twofold. I think the first response for some of us this morning is passion coupled with prayer. And I get this, I get this from the Apostle Paul, who, if you know the Apostle Paul's story, he was a bad fish, right, that became a good fish because of the grace of God. And he was on a mission to go get all the bad fish and make them good fish. And notice what he says in Romans chapter 10, verse one. He says, brothers and sisters, he's talking about his own countrymen. Brothers and sisters, my heart's desire, that's his passion, my heart's desire and my prayer to God. And so the apostle Paul has this passion coupled with prayer to God. And what's his prayer? For them is for their salvation. When it came to the salvation of his fellow Jews, the apostle Paul had both passion and prayer. And so here's a question for all of us this morning. How is our passion and how is our prayer life for those who are without Christ in this world? If we had to rank the temperature of our prayer life and our passion for those who are lost, how would we gauge it? Is it cold? Is it indifferent? Or is it hot like the Apostle Paul? So maybe that's a question for you and your spouse, your family, your connection group, your adult Bible study? How is our prayer life and how is our passion for people who are without Christ in this world? I believe that's the first response from this parable. Another response I think is confession and belief. Now this is this hard truth that I really hope that the Lord uses the Spirit this morning To convey to you. It's a hard truth, but I believe it's a truth we have to face this morning. If you follow the parable and you read this parable, there's a separation that happens. But I think it's important we look at and consider when this separation happened. Notice the net was cast and it caught all kinds of fish. And it's after the fish were caught in the gospel of the kingdom net, if you will. Then they were separated. The separation is not between those who were caught and those who were not caught. The separation happens by those who were caught in the net. And I hope that you see this truth this morning. The separation came after the catch. It was between those who were caught not those who were caught and those who weren't caught. A few years ago, my mother-in-law got us a gift, and she's a great gift giver. And she got us season tickets to Six Flags in Arlington. So my wife and I and our kids, we we got in the minivan and we made the 45-minute drive to to Arlington. And it was around Christmas time, and so it's holiday in the park, so we're super excited. And so we're all On our way there, we get there, we have our season tickets in hand and we give them to the young lady at the the counter and she takes those and she says, I'm sorry to let you know this, but those are season tickets for the Six Flags in New Jersey. (laughs) Now, thankfully, my mother-in-law made a phone call and got everything ironed out And we got season passes to the Six Flags in Arlington. (laughs) But we were in the car. We were on the way. We had tickets in hand. And we are at the counter, expecting and assuming we're going to enter. And based on this parable, there are likely some in this room you've walked an aisle and maybe you've said a prayer you have ticket in hand but when it comes to the last days you're going to stand there assuming you get in and you're going to be left out that's the truth of this parable And so I hope this morning you do serious thought and consideration and ask the Spirit of God to move and work in your heart this morning. And there's good news. Again, one of Jesus' disciples, Peter, says this in his letter, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you. Not willing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. And I think this is the heart of this parable for Jesus that he wants people to repent. He wants people to confess and believe and not rely on their own deeds, their own good deeds. And again, in that same passage, That Paul shared in Romans chapter 10. He tells us how we can go from being bad fish to good fish. In Romans chapter 10, verse 9, it says that if you confess with your mouth, if you give allegiance, the Jesus is lord not you not your bank account not your good deeds but the Jesus is lord and you believe you have faith you have trust in your heart that god raised jesus from the dead you will be saved for with your heart a person believes resulting in righteousness and with the mouth he confesses resulting in salvation there's time today to respond with confession and belief. And I know there's probably still some in this room and they're saying, yes, but not yet. There's some things I need to take care of. There's some things I wanna go do before I get serious about my faith. I wanna do this or I wanna do that. I wanna get married. I wanna have this kind of business. I wanna be about these hobbies. There's all these things. So so I'll come back to that. I'll come back to Jesus, but I'm not ready now. I'll come back to that. And some of us, we have this fear of missing out and so we're always watching the news. We're always watching our social media and we, we literally have, have this fear of missing out and some of us need to have a FOMO, need to have a fear of missing out on the kingdom of heaven. And I wanna share with you with one, what one pastor says about this parable. He says it so well. He says, the devil The devil has told millions that the day of reckoning is always far off and that there will always be time for repentance or religion or whatever at a later date. In that way, he has lulled millions to sleep and they now drift on oblivious to their danger. Friends, there is a great chasm that separates you from God the Father and the only bridge that will get you over that great chasm is what Jesus has done for you on the cross. And so if you are unsure, if you're a good fish, we wanna encourage you today to settle that. I'll be available, Pastor Sherman will be available, we have other pastors available as well. But I think it's appropriate for us to end this teaching series to end this morning with one question, and it's the same question that Jesus ended this teaching with his disciples and Jesus as he finished these parables on the kingdom of heaven he looks at his disciples and he says this have you understood all these things and the disciples said to Jesus yes we have and so I want to pose that question to you and me this morning have you understood all these things Maybe as a person of faith, the question for us this morning is, is do, we, do we understand these things that when it comes to having passion and prayer for those who are without Christ in this world? And we need the Spirit of God to work in our hearts for those who are without Christ. Maybe for some, this question means that you need to wrestle with being transformed from being a bad fish to a good fish. Would you pray with me as we close? So, Father, we come before you, and we just kind of lay ourselves before you. And, Father, for those of us who are followers of Christ, that have been walking with you for one year or 50 years, God, would you do a work in our heart this morning, and maybe it's Maybe it's a work of of us being more passionate and having more prayer for those who are lost, those in our schools, those in our workplace, those in our very own home, maybe those in our neighborhood. As a spirit of God, would you give us a passion and would you increase our prayer life for those who are far from you? And now, Father, we do wanna pray for the brother or sister among us. God, they've been doing church for quite some time. They've been playing games with you for some time. God, we pray your spirit this morning do work in their life so that on this day and this moment, they'll stop running and they'll run to you with confession and belief in what your son has done for them. And we pray this in the great name of Jesus. And all God's people said,